0: Now, from the PAXA Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes.
1: You can always go into the memory bank of how 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 you you feel in these type of environments. Cause, like I said, there's still nerves and butterflies because it matters, and you know we we love this atmosphere, and we've been doing it for a very long time. So, once the ball drops, like. It's just playing. I playing basketball at the end of the day. Off the bench on ESPN
0: Honolulu. Hunter Hughes,
2: compare that Steph Curry sound to what we saw Steph Curry mouthing to the uh, Sacramento Kings fans yesterday. You may recall him saying, "You aren't ready for this bleep," or "Like aren't the beam. ready for it." That's right. That's to, right. To me, Light like the Beam that. was
3: way harder. <laughs> way harder. Yeah,
2: that 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 staff press conference sound is like sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows as compared to what he was dishing out besides the points. Totally uh, in, in game seven. That was uh that was incredible. We say hello, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That's Hunter Hughes. He's in downtown Honolulu in our Paxa Studios. I'm Josh Pacheco, still hanging out in a town outside of Riverside. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're still here for baseball another another week or so. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we'll get into the draft coming up in just a little while. Let, let's set up the show before we, uh, we, we we get back to the postseason. Justin Mello is going to join us from the NFL Draft Network in about uh, 15 minutes or so. We'll look back at the weekend. And then uh, uh, I talked to Nick Herbig. Earlier today, Mm. of course, his brother uh, is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick was drafted in the fourth round by the Pittsburgh Steelers over the weekend. Uh, You'll hear that conversation coming up at about 4.30 this afternoon. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun a little bit later on. But uh, we've got Warriors and Lakers just like Draymond Green said we would uh, because he said on Twitter the Kings would not beat Golden State. Well, no, no, let me take that back. He said the Kings, if they advanced – wouldn't get by LeBron. Yeah. Well, they didn't advance, and now the Golden State Warriors get LeBron. And, you know, I don't think the Warriors are going to get by LeBron in the Los Angeles Lakers. I actually really believe the Los Angeles Lakers could get to the Eastern Conference Finals with this matchup. Western. What do you think, Hunter?
3: Western. You're, you're oh, right, that's right. Though. Western. No, it's okay. You know, th- this baffles me. Just with what kind of the narrative has been for the last couple of months of the Warriors' you know, kind of, I don't know, riding the brakes a little bit into the playoffs. The the Lakers, however, were on a hot seat. And so, or um, on a heater, I should say, Josh, in the the last part of the regular season, where they kind of seemed to be trending in an upward direction. However, for the majority of the season, they did not look like playoff contenders, let alone Western Conference Finals contenders. Um it's honestly kind of baffling. With, with you know, the, the characters at play here, it's not surprising. However, the stories and what has been going on this season is very much so. Um, to to me, Josh, like, it doesn't surprise me to see LeBron and Steph playing against each other in the second round of the playoffs. It's just that it seemed like so many other teams were hot right now. Mean You know, mainly the Memphis Grizzlies or the Sacramento Kings, but... It just shows time and time again where playoff perspective, playoff experience weighs so much heavier than having a great regular season.
2: Yeah, and I think sometimes I, – I think of um, a, a Rich Hill quote for, for baseball – and I'll I'll try to apply it here with the postseason, you know, especially to teams that, like you said, don't have a lot of experience. Sometimes they build things up more than what they need to be. Mm. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I'll I'll have chats with Coach Hill in our pregame reports about like, you know, what what does this mean, um, mm. or how do you put in perspective That's this? Right. And he'll say, you know, anytime you uh, put you know something, put another label on something, it's like what you'd call like an external stimulus. That sometimes takes away from the task at hand. The For task sure. at hand is right, right in front of you. And they talk about the game seven, you know, kind of, kind of mentality, um, where in this case it's like, look, um, Dylan Brooks made it much more than it needed to be. Oh yeah. Why? Because he felt like you know poking the bear. Uh, being LeBron would lead to some sort of success, and as LeBron said on Twitter, "If you see me fighting with a grizzly bear, go help the bear."
3: Yeah,
2: uh, which I thought was a couple double would, entendres there,
3: for sure, Oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: Um, also, John ja Moran you know, earlier I, in the I,
3: year saying, "I'm not worried about anyone in the West."
2: Yeah, I. You know, I don't. I don't think that's as bad because you know that's that's earlier in the year. Sure. Um, and and I think it. You know, you're you're kind of. You're kind of having fun in that moment, and I don't mind that as much. But sometimes when it's like, okay, you want to trash talk LeBron, uh, okay, really, yep. um, you know, you know, I thought Sacramento handled themselves pretty well. I didn't think they got overconfident. I didn't, I didn't think they got you know too big for, for the I moment. I thought just Golden State was was better. But you do see it in some teams where um, you, you take it a little too far, and you you don't kind of treat it as what's important in front of you, and then you get burned. I mean, that Grizzlies game, uh, was it Friday? It's been a while now, but it was Friday when they got torched uh, in L.A. was just a, a really good example of that. And I think we've got a great series coming up here uh, with with Golden State in Los Angeles, and we'll go to the phones here in just a second, in which we've got two teams that don't make the game feel any bigger than it needs to be because of what you talked about, right. the experience, that will lead to what I really believe is going to be a seven-game series yeah. full of, if everybody's healthy and nobody gets suspended, um, really good moments. Good old-fashioned basketball. Yes, and you know what? The NBA has seen some really good ratings numbers here uh, from the first round. They were touting that over the weekend. It's going to get even better I think, uh, for, for this series, let's go to the phones here at 808-296-1420. Uh, let's start with Alan who wants to get in on the, uh, on the Lakers. Alan, what's going on?
4: Hey, Josh. Happy Monday. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Same same to you.
4: Hey, I just want to say thanks for uh, supporting the Lakers. Uh, I'm a big Laker fan, but it's (laughs) it's been quite pathetic and frustrating ever since the pandemic championship. So, um, I'm just happy that we're back in the conversation and trying not to get too excited but um, that last series was pretty good and, and, and after that big trade when they got rid of uh, Russell Westbrook, I really thought that you know they got the players that they needed and I am almost ashamed that um I think if they had started with this team at the beginning of the year it would have been a very different story uh, uh, yeah hopefully they, they they get far I mean i' not I don't have a lot of big expectations, it's just nice to just kind of be winning again, you know, and, and be relevant.
3: Alan, thank you for the call. At least you're not a Bulls fan, where it's been hard since the 90s to be a Bulls fan, okay? At least you had a recent championship, okay? And we, we are rooting for LeBron as well, but I, I wanted to throw that in there.
2: <laughs> it, it, it's funny. Um, it, it's funny because I, I like what he said, like, you know, we're it's it's cool that we're winning, but yeah. he doesn't have too many expectations. Mm. I mean, believe it or not, a reasonable Lakers fan. Where are you going to find mm, one of those nowadays? True. A reasonable Lakers fan. By the way, I wouldn't, say, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm supporting the Lakers. I'm just saying I think the Lakers win this series. And mm. uh, I, I will say, um, and I haven't asked you for your way too early pick yet, I'm just going to give mine right now. I have yeah. Lakers in seven.
3: Wow. I I like the call of seven games. I I feel like this is a a really evenly matched series. uh especially if Steph is going out there and handing 50 pieces out to people. Um, That is just (laughs) unbelievable in a game seven. I'm sure we'll get into that in a later segment on this show. Um, It's a much closer um, series in my mind now, Josh, for both teams. The Lakers are seemingly firing on all cylinders, and if Steph is out there just throwing haymakers and making them left and right, they're always going to be scary. So it, it almost feels... Like um LeBron versus Steph from, you know, four years ago or something like that. It's uh it's kind of a blast from the past and it's really fun.
2: Yeah, LeBron it's LeBron versus Steph, the twenty twenty three version with just a more defined uh bald spots on both. Uh let's say Dang. uh let, let's say hi to John at eight oh eight two nine six fourteen twenty. John, you're off the bench. How are you? Yeah, hey
4: Laker. Memphis and um, Laker and Golden State game. I don't know how to pick it, to tell you the truth. Because I don't know if Wiggins can get more game ready, even though he looks pretty good, I mean he was out for about like, two months. But the Lakers, everybody's tooting the Lakers horn. But the Memphis is down two starters.
5: Mm.
4: And big. And and they actually won Lakers down three starters. Morant didn't play. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, I don't know how good the Lakers are. They, they struggled against a horrible Minnesota in the, in the play-in. They beat a wounded Memphis who was out their two starters. And still, and they lost with three starters in one game. So, I, 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 Lakers looked great the other day, but I don't know how good they are. I don't. And and and, and the thing is, though, I don't know how good the Golden State was. I, I agree. Was gonna, I thought they were going to lose yesterday. After game six, mm-hmm. I said they're toast. They are told, and they did it. they came back, so i don't know I, I'm so interested in this series, but everybody i mean everybody's putting money on Golden State. Vegas likes Golden State too, and I personally don't know how good either one is. should be a great series You guys have a great afternoon hello
3: thanks john yeah i i, I don't
2: i don't like putting money on either of these teams because John makes a really good point i mean. Uh, there are certain breaks that did go Los Angeles' way, and I think in, in Golden State's case, the one break that went its way was experience that it had, and, and Sacramento certainly did not. But I, I tend to look less at what Memphis didn't have, uh, because I think Memphis did battle with its limitations. I, I think we don't, don't want to take too much away from the Grizzlies. I don't, I don't want to give Dylan Brooks more credit than he deserves. Um, but at the same time, I love the momentum LA is riding, and, and and Golden State's gonna ride some too. But LA just crushed Memphis in that Game Six, and I I like the confidence right now. Uh, I like the involvement of guys like Rui Hachimura. Yeah, uh, you know, occasionally. Becoming a major player uh, for the Reeves. Los Angeles Lakers, yeah, Reeves. <laughs>
3: the uh, as much as we want to joke, amazing. he's become the the counterpart, you know, to LeBron and AD right now. He's the third guy.
2: I mean, Reeves is. I guess if you compare it to the Miami Heat, Reeves is like the. Um, I I would have put AD is like the D Wave just yep. because he's the number two. Reeves is more and like Austin Bosch. Reeves is the yeah. smaller Chris Bosh. Yep. Uh, if you want to go Cavs, who's the number who is well who was the number two in Cleveland?
3: Was it Kyrie? It would probably with, with be, be Kyrie, and then after that was probably and then Love. Kevin Love. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Austin
2: Austin Reeves is like the Kevin Love in in that situation, and um you can just AD is like a a taller Kyrie. They have found weirdly enough a consistent third guy. Mm. And um, I, I don't know how much credit to give to Darvin Ham. I don't know how much credit to give to front LeBron. Office. And, and, and eh, not as much the front office, uh, but to the players for kind of helping him along. I, I know I can give a good enough credit uh, to, to Austin Reeves, but um, it, that's incredible. And in yeah. a way, if not for him, the Lakers are not even in the playoff game. Uh, or the play-in tournament. So, I mean, that being said, um, we don't know both teams, but I think we know enough that both teams are riding on really good momentum that this series should be fun because I don't think it is a given uh, one way or another who's going to be successful. Texter, by the way, from the 381, believes having Wiggins back is huge for Golden State, and Mm -hmm. I do agree. I don't know that it's series-changing huge, but I think it is – Important for Golden State to have him over, not just the course of this series, but if they move farther the postseason in general.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Josh, let's rewind it just a couple of weeks. You and I both felt like both of these teams were beatable in that first round of the playoffs. Felt like Memphis going in was was hungry. They were young. They were certainly talking the talk. We we saw what shaped up in that narrative. But then also with Golden State. We, we we had guys from their, uh, you know, a beat, a beat writer from Golden State uh, on our show talking about if they can't uh, figure out this drama with Draymond, we might be seeing the end of an era here. And we were having conversations like that not that long ago. And the, the fact that they make it through in Game 7 uh, off of a spectacular singular performance from Steph, it's... It's remarkable that we're sitting here talking about LeBron against Steph yet again in uh, the second round with a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I I can't wait, man. Yeah, love it. This is going to be so much fun.
2: Uh, Game one of that series coming up tomorrow. Game two is on Thursday. We'll have uh, game three coming up on Saturday uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. By the way, Uh, Right now, you've got uh, game one of that Philly-Boston series, which is, uh, as expected, kind of fun. Uh, 93-89, Celtics on top, 10-09 to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, Game two of that series coming up on CBS 1500 on Wednesday. We got a boatload of uh, NBA postseason here over the next week Mm. on both of our radio stations, so uh, hang by for that. You'll be hearing more about that, including Knicks and Heat game two coming up tomorrow. We'll turn our attention to the NFL draft which wrapped up over the weekend. Uh, Justin Mello from the uh, NFL draft uh, from the Draft Network is going to join us coming up next. We'll look back at uh, some of the uh, key takeaways from those 3 days. That's Next on Off the Bench ESPN Honolulu. <sighs> Coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, Nick Herbig uh, from St. Louis, now with the Pittsburgh Steelers after being drafted in round four of the NFL draft. That's a little bit later on in the show. Uh, All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline, uh, uh, celebrating our military here during Military Month. Uh, Justin Mello from the Draft Network joining us now here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, three days completed from the NFL draft. Justin, I'll ask you probably the question you've been asked the most uh, here in the last few days of radio hits. Uh, Who do you think won this draft?
6: Well, it's funny you mentioned Nick Herbig, which I I did not know you were going to do. Uh, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers really had a, a really great draft. They, they they traded up in the first round and landed their left tackle of the future in Broderick Jones. I I thought that was a position they clearly needed to address, and they found a lot of success. You know, trading up in front of the New York Jets, who I have no doubt were also going to draft Broderick Jones, a left tackle for Aaron Rodgers. They traded up, they get Broderick Jones, plug and play at left tackle, and then uh, two Wisconsin defenders in the mid rounds: Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton. I love both of those players. I think they're going to contribute immediately. Keanu Benton was one of my favorite players throughout the pre-draft process, an astounding run stopper at Wisconsin. But then you saw him at the senior bowl, and I thought he showed that he could rush the passer and you could put him in those situations as a three-down defender. And then Nick Herbig, it reminds you a little of T.J. Watt coming out almost, right? There was that debate, is he an off-ball linebacker? Can he rush the passer? How's he going to fit? Well, I think he went to the perfect spot in Pittsburgh. They're going to know how to utilize his talents. I'm really excited about what the Steelers accomplished in this class.
3: We also have a lot of Hawaii fans uh, that are um, Steelers fans, so that, that's just going to work out well, I think, for, uh, for a lot of folks. But I uh, wanted to ask you about Will Levis. Were you surprised that he didn't go in the first round to just like the rest of uh, kind of the NFL country?
6: I was. I had certainly bought into the hype that uh, that he was going to go in the first round. He wasn't the only one, right? We had a lot of buzz that Hendon Hooker would be going as well, and, and neither of them ended up going. With Levis, though, I, I thought early on in this process, he seemed like a guy that was in the mix for the number one overall pick. I mean, heck, the week of the draft, I don't know if you guys had seen, but there was like this whole betting scheme that sort of went around where the, his odds to be the number one pick increased or, or decreased drastically time. as a lot of people were, were yeah, were throwing money on that. There was a Reddit rumor that he had told family and friends he was going number one. There was all this stuff going around. I, I thought he would go number one. I thought there were a lot of teams. You know, the Tennessee Titans, who did end up drafting him in the second round, I thought they'd consider him at 11. There was a lot of buzz connecting him to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, um, uh, the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, uh, Liam Cohen, when uh, he coached Levis there in 2021, really close with Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, right? They worked together with the Los Angeles Rams previously, and O'Connell sort of implemented a similar offense, right, in Minnesota to what Levis operated in at Kentucky. I thought for sure when he made it all the way there to Minnesota at 23, I believe it was, I thought they were going to pull the trigger. You know, Kirk Cousins is only under contract for another year. They need a QB of the future. Once he got past Minnesota there, uh, unless the team traded back into the first round to get him, which, by the way, the Tennessee Titans tried to do. They tried really hard to trade back into the first round to get him. No one was willing to move those picks. Everyone, you know, Philadelphia, they wanted Nolan Smith. They didn't think they would get him. Buffalo was a team they essentially had a deal with to move back into the first round. And Then when Buffalo came on the clock and they were stunned that Dalton Kincaid was still there, they said, we're not moving the pick. We're, we're in love with the tight end from Utah. We're going to stay here and take Kincaid. So, They were unsuccessful, Tennessee, to move back into the first round, and they were very lucky um, that I guess they, or they felt they were very lucky that he was still on the board there with the second pick of the second round, and they were able to execute that trade with the Cardinals and get him. But it was certainly a surprise that he didn't go earlier.
2: Justin Mello joining us from the Draft Network here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, I've got about a minute here, Justin. Uh, Talk about quarterbacks. We saw the Houston Texans trade up to get CJ Stroud there at number two, then get Will Anderson Jr. there at number three. Uh looking at getting Stroud, I mean, he's gotta be the day the day one starter for the Houston Texans, right? I mean, there's no way that he ends up not playing that first game of the season.
6: I agree. I think he will be the day one starter. They can't sell their fan base on Davis Mills for any longer. I thought that was a big part of that. And it's funny, right? Like I felt like we knew more in in april right because everyone would have said the texans are definitely taking a quarterback number two and then we got all this smoke saying they were going to pass on a quarterback right they were only going to take a defensive player there and of course they were not going to trade back up to three uh, so we knew more back then ultimately i think the houston texans did the right thing he was the second best quarterback in the draft they could not pass on an opportunity to take a quarterback i do think he'll be the week one starter for the texans
2: Great insight. Uh, Justin Mello from the Draft Network. Justin, appreciate your time here late on this Monday. We appreciate it.
6: Pleasure's all mine. Take care. All
2: right, Justin, and all of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia celebrating our military here uh, during military month. Uh, Nick Herbig's going to join us on that line coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Hunter, 15 seconds. Who disappointed you in the draft? Oh,
3: man. Um, I was, um, you put me on the spot here, Josh. Uh, I'll have to think about it during the break.
2: (laughs) Okay. There's your tease. It's not your normal tease, but there's your tease. Uh, we'll get our entire global scoreboard in here as well. Uh, as we continue on here on this Monday, it's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM sports center in two and a half minutes. Were you guys just laughing at my off-the-air joke on
3: Russell Wilson? Was that what it was? I, I was thinking about all the uh, Let's Ride jokes that we could make oh. off of that.
2: <laughs> For those that don't know, um, man, you know, if, if at any point in time, because it's been talked about before, if at any point in time this show has some kind of visual component that allows people to see what we do or, or see what we talk about in the commercial breaks... um You'd enjoy it we were talking about the um, uh, we were talking about hockey because playoff hockey, which I don't no no one no one in Hawaii should be spending full segments on hockey um, but we were talking about playoff hockey because we were both watching it uh, yesterday me here from the hotel yeah uh you at home yep and uh, we were just joking about Seattle and um, and Colorado. Uh, in that first round series, Colorado was the defending Stanley Cup champs, and they were hosting the Seattle Kraken, love that name, mm-hmm. uh, in the first round. And the Kraken knocked them out in Game 7 to move on to the uh, to the Western semifinals, I think it was. Uh, so Colorado's out. And, you know, I wasn't going to say much about it because, it, again, it's hockey. We don't spend full segments on hockey in Hawaii radio for obvious reasons. Um, I was on Twitter a little while ago. And there was a Seattle newspaper sports section on Twitter that posted a photo of Russell Wilson who was at the game with his wife, Sierra, and wearing Colorado Avalanche gear. It's amazing what difference a year makes. You go from rooting for Seattle teams to rooting for uh, for Colorado teams. And I had said, hey... um, good good form given how that this year has gone that another denver team
3: loses with russell wilson around man it yeah i i know that they're all kind of playing their part uh similarly aaron Rodgers showed up at a uh new york rangers game and that's part of the deal you know you're now a hometown celebrity you know if you're the the quarterback for that city's football team um it's just so funny. All the years that we have to see on social media, Seattle strong. We're all in this together. This is our city. Blah, 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 blah. Get traded. I'm wearing that Avalanche jersey.
2: <laughs> you know, I don't respect that. I don't um, either. Although I, I, I will say. If you're diehard
3: say, for your team, even if you get traded, you can still love the Kraken. There's nothing agree. wrong with that.
2: Agreed. Um, you know, if it's like a one time thing, then, you know, sure, if you gotta make the appearance, you gotta appease the hometown crowd, like, okay, fine. It um, seems sellout. Like Air Rogers case. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I get once. It's a good PR thing uh-huh. and you don't wanna alienate your fan base, you know, like the first week you're there. Sure. Um but let's not act and I and I'm with you on this part. Let's not act like all of a sudden your favorite teams change. Because you move cities, like if I, if I for whatever reason one day were able to work in Los Angeles for,
3: here we go, <laughs> pipe dreams. Here we go. But
2: if I were to ever work in Los Angeles, am I gonna all of a sudden start donning
3: Dodger gear? No chance.
2: No, no.
3: Or me in St. Louis? Um, no chance. Right. Ever.
2: Um. And, and and granted, I realize, you know, you might have to make some appearances in L.A., but at the same time, I'll just wear, like, I don't know, nice clothes. I don't need to wear team gear because I'm not going to sell myself out on that. I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, you want to go to a Colorado game. If that's your team, if you've adopted that team and you truly love that team, then okay. But if not, just go there wearing nice clothes, look like you're there to support without like saying that you have this fake allegiance to a team. Because what's going to happen in two years when the Broncos don't want you anymore because you're not winning anything? Then what? You're going to go somewhere else and wear their jersey to a hockey game too? To me, it's 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 so fake, and I, and I and I can't stand the fakeness.
3: Yeah, when when you're you're back up for Tennessee in two years, are you gonna go to a Memphis Grizzlies game wearing <laughs> Grizzlies stuff? Um, <laughs> it, it'd be like me playing basketball for Milwaukee Bucks and then putting a skybox for a Green Bay Packer game. I'm wearing Bears stuff, Josh. I don't care. Yeah. If if you you bought yeah. me the ticket, fine. I'm wearing Bears stuff. I'm no way in. H e double you know what? Am I putting that green and yellow on my skin? There is no chance, and that's just oh no. that's yeah. just the way it is. So, yeah, I I, I get the PR stuff at the beginning, but, uh, but man, he he had such an impact in Seattle, and it almost speaks a little heavier to me of maybe being a little butthurt about how the whole thing shook out, mm. um, and. Because the Kraken has not been around for that long, where you, you almost wonder the, the, the buying in from the extended Seattle fan base for the Kraken, maybe not universal, but it's got to be massive because they're a huge sports city. They, they love their teams, and the Kraken has just now been around for a little while. I'm sure everybody loves it. So I know he's got to support his now home team, but I completely agree. This seems super disingenuous. By the way, uh, texter from the two three three
2: says I agree with Hunter, but at the same time, I think had Wilson wore a Seattle jersey at the hockey game, he'd get heavily criticized too. He would probably, um, and and you know what? That's kind of the uh, that that's kind of the tightrope you have to walk as a professional athlete that knows that you don't always get to be in in the same city for your entire career. Yep. Um, but that's that's where you know my my idea is just wear regular clothes. <laughs> you know, mm. um Sierra's got style, I'm sure. Uh Russell Wilson probably has style only because his wife will make sure he dresses well. Yeah. Um Lays just wear him. regular clothes. Yeah, ju- don't don't put you can you cannot put yourself in
3: that position and still go to a game. Or It's not hard. M- make a little joke about it. What wear a t-shirt that says I'm torn. You know, like you you could have fun with it a little bit without being super obvious. Um, Where, yeah, everyone knows I'm a Seattle guy for the last, you know, 10 years of my NFL career. Uh, I may not, I, I just would love to see a little bit of honesty of, I don't want to put this Avalanche jersey on just yet. Or, I got a better idea. Be like
2: Rob Lowe. Remember when Rob Lowe went to that NFL game wearing an NFL hat? Oh yeah. Be like that. Be like him. Go to the game. Don't just wear like an NHL hat and just put yourself immediately right down the middle. Or
3: I guess I like hockey now. That's that's his shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at ninety two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Okay, Hunter, I've given you like thirteen minutes yeah. to kind of bail you out <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we teased before the break. Uh, who lost the NFL draft, in, in your opinion? I've given you some time. Have you come up with your answer to complete the tease?
3: I have, yes. Um, it's actually not on teams, Josh. It's on whoever thought reporting on CJ Stroud dropping from number one overall to number two was because of a test score from the new S2 test. Um, and for those of you wondering what the S2 test is, look it up. It's basically the new version of the Wonderlick and C.J. Stroud apparently didn't have all that good of a score. Now, take it from someone who actually took the Wonderlick test, okay? I took that test whenever I went to uh, UH's Pro Day. It has very little to do with how you play football. Mm-hmm. I thought that was incredibly unfair that they made it solely about a score and a test that only 13 of the NFL's 32 teams actually employ, by the way. Only 13 teams use mm-hmm. this new s2 test as a reason for him dropping in the draft one spot to to me i i thought that was kind of bush league josh so that that's where i'm handing out my l today
2: that's interesting um i had never heard of the s2 test actually until you know hearing about cj stroud and the situation and i i honestly wasn't sure um you know who was going to go number one so i i didn't really put any blame or any stock in in that because again i just really really wasn't sure um if i want to pin anybody on uh you know any of those rumors and whether they were true or not i'm just gonna pin it on on the folks uh who went on reddit and decided to go and uh you know, make that whole thing about Will Levis and number one. More so, actually, I, I let me be fair. I guess I shouldn't put it just on, on the folks that put it on Reddit because you can put whatever you want on Reddit. Um, I'm going to blame the people in our profession that yeah. took that as something that was real. Mm. Um, at some point, we have to kind of figure out, all right, what are we going to substantiate and what are we not? Yeah. Because... Um, people are gonna throw out lots of things they'll do so to help their clients draft positioning they'll do so to try to force a you know a, a draft trade um, they'll, they'll do whatever they want but at, you know, at some point you know putting out a reddit post as some kind of rumor is kind of like trusting Wikipedia's 1,000 percent fact you don't and I, I I just couldn't believe that that got enough of the play that it did, yeah. Over the course of the week, to send people into a frenzy about Will Levis that that ultimately really backfired on everybody, including Will Levis.
3: Hmm. And you're you're talking about the the, the stuff about his family, right? Uh, saying that he mm-hmm. was going to go uh, to to Carolina.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in in all of the experience that we and when I say we, I mean this modern generation with fake news and this or that, uh, c- could we maybe look at a Reddit a Reddit um, you know Discord page, maybe a little more logically? Like, hey, is there is there much merit to this? I, I'm with you, Josh. Maybe that's that's one that they they take as a learning experience moving forward okay what is discord
2: i have never i i don't i don't go on reddit all that often sure uh, sorry a guy who doesn't I have mixed Instagram, up a, but what is
3: discord I mixed up a couple of uh of couple of apps right there um <laughs> discord is actually an app out there where you can comment live it's basically skype for gamers uh what what tanner's saying right there you can send audio messages uh as well as uh comment in these huge um Basically, chat boards, I guess, for gamers. I, I mix that up with Reddit, where Reddit's basically just a big collection of comments on on certain things. So, uh, I guess that's that's my bad. But it's it's only been around for a couple of years now, Josh. Discord.
2: Yeah, that sounds like something that uh, I'm I'm glad I'm not around. Uh, I, don't even have, <laughs> I don't even have time to start an Instagram. People people at our company have been saying. Josh, you need to go on Instagram. Uh, it could could help your brand. I'm like, I don't even have time for my own personal Facebook, and you guys want me on on Instagram. In fact, uh, one of the photographers who was working was it Tuesday? Uh, one of the photographers who was uh, who was working for UH at uh, Tuesday's uh, baseball game at California Baptist. Um, Julie Kim was her name. Mm. Uh, she she works in California, and she'll she'll string for photos and stuff. And she was showing me. Um, she was showing me one of the photos she posted of Instagram. She took a shot from behind me that I didn't know about of me calling the game. And uh, she put it on Instagram and had the hashtag Josh needs an IG, uh, which of course I would have never seen if she didn't show me that but uh i i i just don't have the time for that i i don't i don't know why i would need it and why i would use it if i just don't i know you were on probably all the social media hunter but uh hmm. uh i just i i just don't have the bandwidth for that as some people say nowadays
3: no oh, yeah very very good application right there that was that was well that was well put <laughs> um but uh yeah i'm i'm with you i i don't have bandwidth for it all either and i i enjoy being present to my my uh my reality, so I I want to live in this reality too. So you, you kind of have to set set some um, screen time reminders out there and uh, kind of get on with your life in some ways. Present in your reality, man. That had some uh, that had some depth behind that. I, I, <laughs> I've been known I, to sorry, have a little depth to... <laughs> from time to time.
2: <laughs> just just kind of <laughs> took me back a little bit. Uh, Sean has a text for you, Hunter at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Says, uh, would you retract your L? if Stroud busts and the S2 test shows a possible correl- a
3: correlation to predicting some sort of success? I would. However, I don't think we have enough um, body of evidence to show that it does yet. It, it's only been around, I I want to say, for the last year or two. Um, the, the, their one kind of glowing um, example that it works was Brock Purdy had a phenomenal score. And so... If they would have given that a little bit more attention, perhaps he would not have slipped as far in the draft as he did. We all know last year he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last person taken. Um, so if he ends up being, you know, a, a, a lackluster quarterback um, and you can point to that test as, hey, look, there's a, there's a correlation here, I'll absolutely redact an L.
2: Hey, let's get our M. Global scoreboard in. Brought to you by M. Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, James Harden, the guy who touches the ball more than anybody else on this earth, uh, just nailed a huge three in Boston's, given the uh, Philadelphia 76ers 117-115 with eight seconds to go uh, in game one of that Eastern Conference semifinal. Uh, that was uh, that was clutch from Harden, and, and uh, you and I both, we were talking about it earlier, not necessarily the biggest fan of James Harden, but he's put up 45 on the Boston Celtics. He's knocked down his seven back. threes. Yes, uh, James Harden's done the work. No Joel Embiid so far, uh, no problem. Uh, that's game one of that series. Phoenix and uh, Denver are coming up a little bit later on game two uh, with Denver up one game to none in that series. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global Always on the move. Off the bench, that's Hunter. I'm Josh. It's ESPN Honolulu. Hey, we got another episode of Athletes uh, coming up very soon. Stay by for that. But if you haven't checked it out, it's brought to you by uh, Central Pacific Bank. And uh, it's hosted by Cole Malsoff. We got a couple of athletes from St. Louis School as part of that. Check it out. Uh, ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube page. Just want to update that score we gave on our m Dire Global scoreboard a moment ago, Hunter. Uh, James Harden knocks down that three. Then, hey, shocker actually played a decent amount of defense on the final possession. And uh, the Philadelphia 76ers take game one in Boston of that series, 119-115. Uh, James Harden's a tough guy to root for, but uh, that performance with no Embiid uh, and that series
3: of possessions there toward the end, how clutch was that? man? Oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> I will never be one to say that I'm a James Harden fan. Uh, all the way back to whenever he left the, uh, the Thunder when they could have gone on. Oh, we're on still a, on that. Oh, of course. Always. <laughs> I, we don't forget, I, Josh. I've
2: got to count. At, at, at some point, I'm going to count how many times we end up going back to that. Oh, yeah. The,
3: uh, the, the
2: disappointment of, of that loss. I'm, I'm, I'm trying gonna, to illustrate
3: think... just how big of a deal it is for that area of the country. Like, it, it, that was a big deal. For, for all of that. That whole era, what could have been and nothing coming, coming from it, that was, they're, they're still hurting from, from that time. Um, but besides that, yeah, I've never been a big Harden guy, but tonight was stinking impressive. You go in there without your MVP candidate, you go in there without Embiid, and he's hitting haymakers from sometimes six, seven feet beyond the arc. Um, I think he ended up with like 47 tonight, Josh. 47. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable, and they, they've uh, they've got a one one game up lead on on the Celtics at home. It's hard to win in Boston, man.
2: Remind me, I don't think Harden's ever won a ring, has he?
3: No. Still looking for one. He might be.
2: Yeah, he might be top five player, and I'm giving him a lot of credit. Top a five ring. player in the league without a ring. That's a good call right there. Mm. Um. And I don't. I. I don't know that he'll. He'll ever get one. Right up there with uh, I don't Chris think Paul. This Philadelphia team. Yeah. Boy. No wait. Chris Paul doesn't have a ring. He doesn't have a ring. He, he didn't get one in in, in. 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 Wow. He never got I don't know one. Why I thought he had one in Phoenix.
3: Nope. They got. Wow. They got to the finals, but got beat. I believe they got beat by Giannis. That's right. Yeah.
2: Boy. Uh. Yeah. I mean, Chris. Chris Paul would have to be there. Um. And, and granted, there's going to be a lot of recency bias in that, but, yeah, I can't. Jimmy Butler? um, Yeah, yeah. But it seems like with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy's a little bit different because he seems to turn it on when it comes to the postseason. Yeah. And every once in a while you get kind of lackluster regular season moments here and there. But his, his clutch gene turns on when the calendar hits April and so I put him in a little different category as compared to, uh, to the other guys we've talked about there. But, yeah, I, 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 I mean, James Harden is so much skill. It's just – I just cannot put him in that elite category uh, except for one that doesn't have a ring attached to it. Uh, I'm reminded, and, uh, and, and, and Mike, uh, Mike texts in, he names four guys better than Harden without a ring, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul –
3: uh, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid.
2: I don't, I, uh, I don't know that those I would guys say just Peter's don't have the longevity.
3: They don't have the longevity as Harden. Uh,
2: yes, well, Chris Paul does. He, sure. That's the only yep, difference.
3: I agree. I agree.
2: I, I think, and I, and I know we've got about forty seconds here. I think this could be Jokic's year. Um, I, I think we could see a Western Conference Finals potentially of Nuggets Lakers, and I think this is Jokic's year to get one. I I don't know that anybody in the Eastern Conference right now is better than Denver. Yeah, and, I agree. And I love the way that the Nuggets are playing. So I think one one name is going to cross off of uh, of Mike's list. And Mike, appreciate you listening. Um, but uh, it, I don't I don't know that Harden will ever get off that list. He will be one of those guys that will often be that uh, that footnote of greats. Dot dot dot. But like a Barkley. In. Yeah. Uh, except James Harden's not going to have it inside the NBA gig later. No. Uh, Barkley's <laughs> going to hold that down for She's a while. Not Sports Center enough. on the way hit is off the bench.
0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. He
1: has shown us throughout the last three years that he is transitioning over to not being that guy. And I get it. Joel Embiid is out. I understand all that. But he's not the James Harden. That's going to go out there and average 36 or even average 30 throughout the course of this series. That's
0: not who he is. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah,
2: he's not going to average 36, 37. He's only going to score 45. Like he did in uh, game one tonight for the Sixers, a 119-115 win over the Boston Celtics. That was Kendrick Perkins earlier today on NBA Today on ESPN. Uh, And it's interesting because talking about him trying to transition offensively is almost kind of like saying James Harden is turning the corner. Mm. Uh, in his career. And and I don't know that I would go that far yet with James Harden because I haven't seen him in a game that has enough pressure to make us see for sure if he is indeed that guy who has turned the corner. Um, But a game like today, it's not just the 45, it's the six assists. He kept his turnover number down. Um, He shot well over 50%. That gives that hope that maybe if they were to get to, let's say, a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals, that maybe uh, maybe James Harden can be that guy that everybody's been waiting his entire career for him to be.
3: Yeah, I think that's actually that's a fair assessment. I, I think he's kind of undeservedly so, kind of been paired with Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant with the whole debacle with what didn't shake out in um, Brooklyn. But I don't think that was necessarily his fault. Um, And some of the controversy surrounding that big three, I think, affected all three of them kind of negatively, whether it was uh, merited or not, uh, if that makes sense, Josh. And Mm -hmm. it, it really says nothing about the level of basketball that he's still able to play or you know his merit on the court. So I think we forget that we're talking about, you know, uh I believe he's like a three-time scoring champion uh in in the NBA and we're talking about James Harden here who has uh has an MVP under his belt and is just a just a stud when it comes to playing basketball. So um though We've kind of, you know, noticed him for being on the lazier side of things. He still can go out there and hand you a 45-piece like what he did tonight.
2: Yeah, and, and we'll find out um, how this translates, if it translates to an opportunity for him to take a team, um, you know, farther than he's been in quite some time. I mean, even going back to his time in uh, in Oklahoma City. We'll find out. Uh, that game, two is coming up on Wednesday. It's on our sister station, CBS 1500. Uh, coming up this hour... Uh, Nick Herbig is going to be on with us here just after the bottom of the hour. I talked with him earlier today, uh, getting drafted in the fourth round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also, Hunter, coming up in a little while, hmm. uh, the stadium. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. uh, there's there's more stuff on the stadium. And I don't know how much we can get into the stadium without repeating ourselves, but um, every time something comes out and 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 someone tries to be kind of honest and upfront about it it looks more bleak and bleak and bleak so uh, we'll we'll get to that hunter
3: coming up in a little bit yeah um now Josh today is 1st of May now i got to ask do you know what it's gonna what does that mean it's gonna be may oh boy <laughs> oh, no yeah tanner's loving oh, it no. on the other side <laughs> oh I I woke up today and I'm like, I got to do it to him. I got to do it to him today. (laughs) You know, uh,
2: let me just peel back the curtain here. Hunter told me during the break, hey, um, I want to set something up for you, uh, you know, right near the top. And so I said, all right, let's do it. Not knowing what he was going to set up, I thought it might have had something to do with UH baseball over the weekend or uh, something about going to a minor league game Since we haven't really been on the air together Since Wednesday of last week So I That's thought, right. okay, maybe there's something that, that has to do with anything I've experienced Over the last couple of days No <laughs> um, uh, Tanner, do us all a favor Um Save that for uh, save that for the opening tomorrow. Uh, just because I want people to hear later how bad that was. <laughs> save that save that for our three p.m. open. Oh, no, actually, we're on the air after uh, after the Knicks game. So save that for our four p.m. open for the show tomorrow. Uh, just so if people missed it, they can relive uh, ten seconds of time that I don't know that we'll ever live down.
3: We'll ever get back. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks. That, to that, that's interviews. actually a great reminder, there, Josh. What uh, Did you end up going to that minor league game? You were, you were talking about that for the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, I did. Um, How was it? It was
2: funny. Uh, it, was, it was okay. I, I think I went on the wrong day because it uh, was the only day I could go. Uh, I, went, I did go on the day where it was like $2 beers. Um, but because I wasn't sure if we would be on the air after the draft, I did not partake in any of the $2 beers. Um, but I think I went on the wrong day because Friday – uh, and, and for those that don't know, this was um, uh, a minor league game. Um, you know, I, I, I finally had a day where I could, I could go. So I was like, all right. Um, it was the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, who are the uh, minor league affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers. They okay. were taking on the Inland Empire 66ers, who are the uh, minor league affiliate of the, uh, of the Angels. And again, it was a, a single-A game. And so I got there. You I know, mean, it's a, not a great crowd. I think everybody was waiting for Friday because Friday they were supposed to have like these Marvel themed jerseys, um, and then it was fireworks night on Friday. So obviously couldn't do any of that because I was calling Hawaii UC Riverside on Friday night. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay. Um, the the 66ers, the Angels affiliate, they're bad. Uh, they're like they were last place in their division. They weren't very good. Um, crowd was okay. But I did notice something, and and I don't know if this is just my my poor luck or whatever it is. Um, I've gone to two minor league games in my life, Hunter. Both of them have featured teams that are Dodgers affiliates. And in every one of those games, uh, something has happened in the very first at-bat that has involved that Dodgers player. Um, That game I went to in Sacramento, which featured the Oklahoma City Dodgers... The Dodgers player got ejected from the game in the first at bat because uh, he he got called out on pitch clock violation. This one, first at bat, it was a player from the uh, uh, from from the quakes and he hit his first career home run, like the third pitch of the game, first at bat right out of the gate you know that Dodgers affiliate leads and they ultimately win the game so it was it was okay I got I got a hat uh, the In- inland Empire 66ers I got a hat just to say I was there that's fine stadiums kind of nice you know it's 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 kind of cool um, but yeah I mean it was it, it's the only chance I'm gonna get to to go to something because uh, uh, you know going to, to to Malibu tomorrow and then uh, going to, to Irvine uh, Thursday through the rest of the weekend, there's no chance I'm gonna go anywhere anytime else, so kind of stuck there. But I will say um, we, were, we were talking a little bit about how um, i didn't I didn't partake in any of those two dollar beers because I wasn't sure if we we're gonna have a show. We were texting uh, back and forth toward the end of that game, and we we're watching the draft and we we're watching the picks and I'm kind of wondering, do I leave? Yeah. do I do I stay here and and I think it was getting to the sixth inning and I was starting to get a little nervous because I was seeing where the picks were and I wasn't sure and so I think what did I tell you I think I said in the seventh Just inning say another to right, give this I'm gonna to I'm gonna give this another half inning <laughs> yeah and then ultimately I said okay it's been a little while and I've given it three and it was already the bottom of the eighth and I, I I looked at the picks and was like, okay, this is slowing down. Like this is starting to get a little dramatic. Um, these picks are gonna gonna go in at a slower pace here at the end of the round. I'm thinking, okay, I might be able to finish this out and I think by the time the game ended, I think it was um it was right around the time the last draft pick happened, and it ended I think right around the top of the hour and I was like, All right. It, I I I I was able to avoid any potential catastrophe of leaving a game in the sixth inning because I had to go to work. So, uh, it, it, it kind of worked out. Um, but uh, just too bad the game wasn't better. But it's you know single A minor league baseball. What was what was I supposed to expect, Hunter?
3: I, I mean, you go you go to a minor league game either because they're giving away you know cheap hot dogs or um there's a beer special. Or maybe you're watching, yeah, or you're watching some mascots uh, tackle some kids or something like that. You know, the <laughs> I, I, as you say that the promotions are through the roof at uh, minor league games, and if you love the game of baseball, you go just because it's baseball. It's relaxing. It's a great way to spend an evening. So um, I don't know what else you kind of are wanting to expect. Uh, I, I always right. went to a minor league game to try to get a foul ball just because it's fun to get a ball when you're at a game and it's very difficult in a, in a major league ballpark to be in the right place at the right time. But, uh, there's a chance, uh, if you're not afraid to, you know, ward off some, some six, seven, eight year old kids for a, for a ball, you can get one. So (laughs) that's what I'm always thinking about going to a minor league game.
2: (laughs) I want to go to the phones in a second, but I feel like this is the getting to know Hunter question of the show. Oh yeah. Maybe of the week. Um, (laughs) because this will tell me a lot about you. If you were to catch a foul ball at a at a game, and I don't know if have you in have you caught a foul ball before many, at a professional many, many. game? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. Have you given the ball to a kid? I have, yes. Okay, all right. That uh, that I I needed to hear that answer to know that uh, that Hunter is a good of a guy as uh as we know he is. Now, so just in case it, my family is it.
3: listening, I do have to throw this in there. If a foul ball okay. happens to hit someone when they're not looking, I'll be the one to laugh. So.
2: Oh, so would I. <laughs> so, un, un, so would I. I.
3: I I appreciate you saying I'm a good guy. That that good guy has limits when you, your head is not on a swivel. I'll I'll just put it now, that way.
2: I would laugh unless he was clearly hurt. Sure. Um, you know, if he's clearly hurt, then then clearly I'm going to be calling for security to go uh, take a look at him and 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 call a call an ambulance over. But if he's uh, if it hits him and, he, and he's kind of being good spirited about it, then yeah, I, I would laugh right along with you. Uh, John's got a minor league story he wants to share. How's it going, John?
7: Well, one thing about minor league baseball, yeah, the the quality of play isn't as good, but you got you get a lot more bang for your buck at a minor league game than you do uh, at in a major league game. And uh, uh, no, you know, it's I was actually before the right during the civil rights movement down there in Lynchburg, Virginia, watching a minor league game. And the player from the other team was uh, the other pitcher was an African American guy. And uh, they were saying a lot of stuff that guys down South said uh, that they can't say now. And uh, every time they yelled like one of these racial slurs, me and about four other guys would yell, throw him the dark one, you know, but uh, which means like they can't see it, you know, like your best pitch. That's what I mean. But, uh, um, but that was kind of interesting. But, did you know Ernie Banks, you know that thing about I want to be, I, I'm glad to be back at the friendly confines of Wrigley Field? Uh-huh. That originated because the first time that he was an African-American guy going through the South in the major leagues, he was glad to be back at, at Wrigley Field, and that's where that because of the stuff that they probably said to him down there. But uh, that's where that phrase uh, originated, and I never uh, heard that until like about 10 years ago.
2: Yeah, I I had heard it. I had never understood the origins of that. Honestly. Yeah, that's
3: interesting. I didn't know uh, that either. Yeah, yeah but for sure. A... Hey,
2: John, thank. Yeah, thanks, John, for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you listening and sharing that story. Um, yeah, I I, 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 I can't imagine what it was like going through that uh, mm. way back when. But. Uh, Yeah, well, you said. I mean, going back to what you said earlier, um, the hot dogs weren't cheap. I will, I because I did have one. uh, Have to was overrated. Um, (laughs) The beers were, and uh, I did not partake. And the promotions. What did I leave with? In fact, I still have it next to me on my desk in the room. A sticker. So, (laughs) like I said, I, I, I went uh, totally on the wrong night. I, uh, but I I couldn't go on. uh, I, I could not go on fireworks night so uh, that's uh, that's totally on me my expectations had to be a little bit low uh speaking of low expectations stadium uh that's in a moment but let's say uh hi to neil first
0: neil how are you hey what's up guys so my name oh, man i'm gonna tell you it's one of the greatest things in the history of sports in my opinion and uh the reason is there's, those guys out there, they're not making a whole lot of money. They're playing for the love of the game, and they really do love it. And they're hopeful, you know, that somebody's gonna pick them up. Somebody's gonna take them off to the big show. But like the previous caller has said, you know, like I think the coolest thing about all of it is you get more bang for your buck out at a minor league park. You know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I think I think you know, like I've been to several minor league games, not the least of which were Hawaii winter baseball, and I had so much fun watching guys like Ichiro Suzuki play in in Hawaii. Uh, you know, Todd Helton play out here, and right, you know, you go to you go up to to uh, places like Las Vegas and so all the the Aviators, but you watch the Fifty Ones play. You go to Lone Mart Field in, uh, in Rancho Cucamonga and watch Rancho Cucamonga Quakes play. You know, to me, you're seeing the future of the major leagues, but it's at a time where it's not as much money is involved. And so you're seeing guys that, that are journeymen that are, you know, bagging your groceries on Tuesday and playing a professional game on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday
2: you know and the, are, the the rare, like, like, and you get to see the the rare like you get to see the the rare like the Drew Maggi stories you know you get the 30 something who's been you know toiling in the minors for so long and then all of a sudden gets a call up uh, so he's a 30 something year old rookie and if, if you say you got to see him play in the minor leagues you've got this awesome feeling knowing that hey I saw that guy and look at him he's now a rookie that's one of the cool things too I'm sure
0: absolutely you know I mean like like I remember watching uh, Jacob Degrom pitch for the fifty-one, mm. and you know, you watch that kid, you watch the guy, and you think, man, he's something special in the minor leagues. You know, you watch me yeah. say, hey, that guy, that kid's something special. He's going to be great someday. And I mean, yeah, granted, he's been injured and been hurt and whatever, but still, he's you know, he's a major league pitcher, and he's he's one of the aces of the staff. You know? Yeah, it's so, it's really incredible. neat.
2: Hey, Neil, good to hear from you. Thank you for dialing in. I I, I got one other story on, on minor league. It's not my experience, because um, I know we got to hit a break here. But uh, UC Riverside's uh, audio play by play guy, not the guy who was on uh, on on ESPN Plus, but a different guy. One guy I've gotten to know over the last couple of months who does basketball, and he tell, he told me because we were talking a little bit before yesterday's game, he occasionally does some fill in work on on some minor league games for, for Inland Empire. And mm. his coolest experience of his career, as someone who does, like, you know, some, some UC Riverside baseball and basketball and some occasional minor league games. Because, you know, we broadcasters get a kick out of things, too, sometimes. Coolest thing in his career was getting to call three innings of Clayton Kershaw in a minor league game on, on a rehab start. Whoa. And you know, how many people outside of, you know, major league broadcasters – um you know, can say, "Hey, I got to call X amount of innings of Kershaw. Uh, that's really cool." And and he was telling me that story yesterday. I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know that I'll uh, I'll ever live that down. That was uh, really really neat." Uh, Nick Herbig. In about ten minutes, we've got traffic on the way here. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, our chat with Nick Herbin coming up in a few moments. Hunter Hughes has a minor league story that we have about like 60 seconds to share. Hunter, can you squeeze it in?
3: I can, yeah. My my family and I, we went to a ton of Schaumburg Flyers games, which was um, a suburb near where we grew up outside of Chicago and I believe they were an affiliate of uh, the Dodgers, actually. Um, But uh, we went there all the time, and there was a foul ball that came by me and my brother. I think I was 15, he was 13. Ball was coming right for us. We both stand up to go grab it. The wind hits it, though, and it blows it to the next row of seats over from us. And So my brother kind of follows it out of his seat into the aisle, has his hands there ready to catch the ball, lets it slip through his fingers, and hit an eighty year old woman in the back of the head. Oh obviously a hush Ooh. goes over the entire crowd. Um and I'm ashamed to say I was the one who was laughing. Not at the the lady, but at my brother who allowed it to happen. Because he was well equipped to catch that ball, Josh. Um but of course the perception was I was laughing at an old woman getting hit by a fall ball.
2: <laughs> oh no. Yeah, That's that my had, minor that league had story. To be. That that also sounds like a Southwest Airlines want to get away story (laughs) too. Oh (laughs) yes, unfortunately. Uh, Traffic coming up. Nick Herbig's on the other side. It's ESPN Honolulu. More stadium. Well, not more stadium conversation. The. Aloha Stadium conversation coming up uh, right at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll get into that because, well, um, let, let's just put it this way, Hunter. As much as we know about the same things that we've heard before, um, it's both refreshing and frustrating to, to hear them all officially um, as compared to through, you know, a, 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 a public television show and other means it, it has both good and bad you know ways of kind of uh, making you talk about the stadium so we'll do that coming up uh in about 30 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu uh Nick Herbig uh was was a guest of ours earlier today uh Nick of course St. Louis School Wisconsin now the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted in the fourth round of the 2023 NFL Draft Talked to them earlier today, our guest, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia celebrating our military during Military Month. And the first thing that I asked Nick uh, when he joined us was to take us through that moment uh, when his name was called.
8: I mean, there's not really um, any words that I can use to explain how I felt. You know, me and my brother have dreamed about this since we were little kids. And just, it's one thing to play uh, against each other in the NFL, but it's another to, to be on the same team. You know, it's it's like a dream come true, man. I can't, I can't truly explain to you from how I was feeling in that moment. It was just like everything was coming full circle.
2: Was there any part of you before that call came, and, and as you were going through the draft process, that kind of secretly said, I want to play with my brother? Did that ever come to mind at all before draft weekend? Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, we used to talk about it
8: like, bro, what if I get drafted to the Steelers? Like how crazy would that be? Um, like I met with the Steelers and stuff. So I'm like, man, this is like a true possibility. But, you know, the chances of that happening are are crazy, you know. And um, But we, we definitely manifested it and we talked about it. Um, even one of my teammates, Keanu, he got drafted there as well. So just all of that combined is just crazy, man. Like, it's really
2: crazy. Describe that relationship with your brother. Um, you know, I think oftentimes we – we we make the assumption that you're 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 going to play with one another. That relationship must be pretty solid, but we don't we don't always get to see it as much as you guys live it. Describe how solid, how good of a relationship you've got with him.
8: Yeah, I mean he's he's like my best friend. You know, he's uh he's my number one supporter. You know, and he always believed in me since the start. Um, and I truly believe if it wasn't for her, my brother, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, um, I owe a lot, a lot of my credit, a lot of my um a lot of what I'm doing now, I owe a lot of it to, to my brother Nate. Um, you know, he, he does a lot of things uh, behind closed doors and when nobody's watching, when the lights aren't on, um, that people only get to see on Sundays, you know. But uh, he's done a lot for me and my family, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that.
2: Nick Herbig joining us, uh, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, round four of the NFL draft over the weekend. He joins us here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. I was watching uh, ESPN's draft coverage over the weekend, and when your name was brought up, uh, one of the first things Reese Davis said when uh, mentioning your name was talking about coming from the football factory uh, known as St. Louis School in, uh, in Honolulu. <laughs> um, talk about how playing there and playing high school ball in Hawaii really helped set you up for this point years later.
8: Yeah, I think I think ho uh, athletes in general are very underrated, you know. We we play with a lot of passion, a lot of heart, uh for the game, for the sport we love. Um especially football, you know. Um I know growing up like all it was about was faith, family and football. Like that's that's basically the three things we grew up on. Um, like if we're outside we're playing football, you know, if we're inside we're watching football, like it's all about football. Um, you know, and I, I love this game and I play with a lot of passion, a lot of heart. Um, I love to represent where I'm from. And I think that going to St Louis, you know, really um, changed the type of person in play I was because if I wanted to play I was gonna have to work hard, you know, I was gonna have to find a way on the field if you wanted to play at St Louis. Like it wasn't just gonna be like you're the you're the biggest, saddest fish in the pond anymore. I was like, no, like it's it's the guys out here like hungry competing for starting spot so um, i knew that it, it just elevated my level of play and my level of hard work
2: you know it's interesting because you know you're you're born on Kauai. um you know making that move obviously and 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 playing at st louis it's interesting um you know living and breathing and ultimately playing football doesn't just come from birth right so You know, where was that point in your life that you really started to consume football? Like you were talking about playing outside, playing football, inside, watching football. Do you remember that point in time in your life when uh, that was reality for you?
8: Well, definitely, um, I would say about 2007 when University of Hawaii won the, won the uh, WAC, um, and they had Colt Brennan, they went to the Sugar Bowl, you know, um, I think it was kind of that year where I kind of was like, like I want to play football. Like I want to, I want to be like this one day. Like, um, you know. And I, I think Cole Brennan was a big inspiration to me as well as my brother and all my friends. You know, like my brother dyed his hair uh, blonde and tried to put the horn out in it, just like Cole Brennan did. You know, so um, just being able to to watch that. Um, and there's also a boy from Kuwait on YouTube at the time, Vamiatola, and. We were really a good family friends with them. So uh you know, just just being able to, to look up to people like that and see them play play the game they love and, you know, be an inspiration to, to me and that was something I wanted to do, you know. We played football every single day and I I kinda took it and ran with it, you know.
2: You let your brother mess with his hair, you decided not to touch yours, right? Yeah, well my mom wouldn't let me <laughs> <laughs> Totally understandable. Nick Herbig's joining us, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, round four of the NFL draft over the weekend. He's with us uh, on Off the Bench. You go from Hawaii to Wisconsin, obviously now before, now migrating uh, more east to Pittsburgh. Your time at Wisconsin, ultimately from starting multiple games as a true freshman to becoming a first team all-conference selection last year, and going from the warm to the cold. Biggest thing you took away from your time at Wisconsin?
8: Um, I think I I grew more as, like, a leader and a person, you know, more so off the field. Um, You know, I was able to meet people from from all different backgrounds, all different places, um, you know, and just share our our different cultures and different traditions with each other and, you know, just see um, where other people came from, you know, because everybody has a story. Um, Everybody's been through something before, everybody's, uh, has a different motivation than you. You know, everybody has a different a different journey, a different path. Um, so just being able to share that with guys um, right, that you grind with every day, you know, and you guys all have the same goal. Everybody's everybody's trying to win. Everybody's trying to go to the NFL. You know, um, so it's just it was just really cool to see that you know there's there's other people out there that are that are like you and share the same ambitions and dreams. Um, and and you're you know you're there for one another. You know, you're there, you're there to support each other. Um, and you're there to win football games. Um, you know I enjoyed every second of my time at Wisconsin.
2: In a way, going to St. Louis actually helped prepare you for being at Wisconsin, right? I mean, both uh, you, you call them football factories. Going to St. Louis helps prepare you in one of the best ways possible in Hawaii to get to the next level and play at a at a Division One FBS program like Wisconsin Football Factory one of the best ways to prepare for an opportunity in the NFL. Makes that transition a little easier, isn't it?
8: Oh, 100%. Uh,
2: and especially, like, going to St. Louis,
8: like, I didn't live with my mom and dad. You know, I lived with my grandparents. So that was that was kind of helped me transition easier into college because it wasn't like I was leaving home for the first time. Like, I already left home. Like, I left all my friends. I left all my family behind. Like, so, it was nothing new to me, you know, so just – I think it made me grow up a little quicker as well. Um, it just made that transition much more smoother. And now being at Wisconsin, being 4,000 miles away from home, I, I went home maybe maybe once a year, maybe not. Um, so just being able to adapt and change the different, different things um, has really helped me grow a lot as a person as well as a football player.
2: You know, lastly for you, Nick. Um, you know the the pre-draft process, the off-season. I mean, we see everything. You know, go those who go through the combine and you know the pro days and and all the questions and all the drills and and all of that stuff. If you can, the the most exciting part of the pre-draft routine you had to go through uh, leading up to draft day, and maybe the the, the toughest part uh, that you had to go through pre-draft.
8: Um, I think the most exciting part was, uh, you
2: know, like a week before the combine. You
8: know, you're kind of just looking at yourself in the mirror and you just see how you, you've just transformed your whole body. You know, because um, it's a it's a short time frame where you dedicate every ounce, every energy, all the energy you have in the world to the football. You know, to, to getting ready for the NFL combine, to getting ready for NFL. I um, mean, just seeing, you know. Um, it's really validation that hard work pays off, you know, because a lot of times, um, you know, we work hard, but we don't really see physical results. You know, a lot of times it's, it's far-fetched or things that you can't really touch or see. Um, but just being able to see that, you know, um, the transformation I made and how much bigger stronger and faster I got in that short amount of time was, you know, it was really, uh, um, was really like validation for me, you know, like, man, like I really, I really worked my, my butt off, um, to get here you know and i've dreamed about this moment my whole life so now it's time to go make it happen um now i'd say probably the most stressful part was just you know not knowing who's gonna call me when i'm gonna get called if i'm gonna get called you know or or, or what's gonna happen you know because it truly draft day is crazy man you don't you don't know what's gonna happen you you could you could get called whenever you couldn't get called
2: like um so i think that was probably the most stressful part Nick, congratulations! That's a cool moment for you. Saw the video on uh, on social media. It, it's uh, it's awesome. Got a lot of people behind you. Look forward to seeing you in the NFL. Take care, man. Thank you so much. Cool to hear from Nick Herbig. He, like all of our guests, appears courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Um, that was pretty neat. I don't know if you got to see that moment, Hunter, during oh, yeah. the uh, during the draft on that third day, but it was it was cool. To hear Reese Davis mention uh, Saint Louis School as part of that uh, the 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 football factory there in Hawaii, that was neat.
3: Oh, totally. I I think it just only kind of increases the narrative of uh, Hawaii pipeline of success. Obviously, it's not the only one, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it certainly continues to get more and more attention and kind of national recognition now with uh, the amount of um, NFL players that have come through there. Um, Josh, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and I'm, I'm happy for him. He deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is Off the Bench. If you want to check out more of that conversation,
2: uh, Off the Bench, On Demand, uh, a little bit later on, uh, you can check it out at uh, ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, you can check that out. Usually a little while after every show, we have that up and uh, ready for you. Uh, we'll get to some of your texts, uh, some of your calls at 808-296-1420. But right now we update you on traffic. It is Off the Bench Johnny, ESPN Honolulu. We'll get another look at traffic coming up here in uh, just a bit. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes in uh, Honolulu. Josh Pacheco in Parts Unknown, California. And uh, Honolulu is uh, calling in here at 808-296-1420. How are you?
1: Hey, Josh. How are you guys doing? Hunter, hi. Hey,
3: what's up, Honolulu? (laughs)
1: Oh, okay. So, I'm a few couple of things and I'll make it really quick. Um, minor league, we in Hawaii were so fortunate to have a triple A here in Hawaii. And I was, um, uh, I went to a lot of them back in, uh, out of high school. So as you, uh, you may not know, but I'm from Maui originally. And my, Best friend Rodney App, he did his journalism there and we would do play by play in the car before we went into the stadium. <laughs> Guess what? That's fun. On the stadium, baseball diamond, all they had was on flat backstop. So we would sit way above not too far up and just watch the foul balls with eating our plate lunches and just going, whoa, <laughs> like, like everyone's been chiming, like you guys been chiming in. It's all about the promotions. Oh, my gosh. The, I mean, the Major League, off, um, classic, what do you call those guys? Uh, amazing. Ichiro, I've seen him. Never thought he would be what he is to this day, and you name it. Many of the, all the stars of uh, Major League Baseball. Second of all, when are we going to get that scoreboard over
5: there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know He's poking thing. us, I Josh. What, I know they're not going to happen whenever. Maybe my daughter will be in high school and she, she can go to that stadium. But I, it doesn't matter to me. I just want the scoreboards. First of all, they, ha- they haven't appropriated the money to demolition, demolish that thing. So, how can you even make get it to fruition without even appropriating demolish? Until you demolish, you cannot build. So, that's that. I'm kind of tired yeah. of hearing what or whatever saying cause they saying because they. Uh, I pay for their for their uh, salary pay as a taxpayer exactly salary so it's just like uh, you're just a figurehead and, and I don't listen to it. Yeah. I hear where you're coming from
2: and and, and I appreciate your call thanks for uh, thanks for dialing in. Keep it clean next time by the way um, but uh, I, 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 where do I begin with that um, scoreboard. I don't think the scoreboard has anything to do with demolition. The scoreboard is, is not, Aloha Stadium does not own the scoreboard. Uh, IMG slash Learfield um, actually was the one that owns that and, and put that into the stadium. So my understanding is that's theirs. the, the holdup is, from my understanding, is you got to have the tools to get it down and then, you know, install it over at, um, you know, at, at Les Murakami Stadium right in the front of that. So I don't think that has anything to do with the demolition. Demolition of just knocking down the stadium hunter yeah. is a totally different thing. And that is, from what we were told, involved in the costs of of building the stadium not necessarily just it's it's not a separate thing it's not you don't you don't appropriate the money to demolition we were told the 399.5 includes the demolition cost
3: that's right yeah i i think it's two completely different issues right here um mm-hmm. i will say there there's a lot of confusion though on what you know needs to necessarily be Brought in here, or shipped over here, or supply chained in here, Josh. Because from what they've told us, that's the only reason why that sta- the uh, they don't have that new scoreboard at the um, the TC Ching Athletic Complex is because supply chain issues. So um, though those are two different situations, they're baked in a whole lot of mystery that no one seems to know the answers to.
2: Yeah. Um right now there are are outside of of the Clarence T. Seating athletics complex cuz we know we've been we've been seeing work done there uh with some of the uh the the seating the end zone seating. Um I I I know there was some work done uh, right outside where that grand slam um, club or that, that, that Grand Slam area is. I saw some work being done there a couple of weeks ago last time I was at Les Murakami Stadium. What for? I don't know because there was a point I think it was like game day and I think several hours before you couldn't actually walk down that strip going toward the ticket office at Les Murakami Stadium because they were working in that area. Like I, I get there super early because you know, I end up doing the show from there with you in the studio and so I, I had to end up going all the way around by where... Um, the entrance near the bullpen is to get in to be, because they were still working that early. So I know stuff's being done. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but the bleacher stuff, um, you know, that clearly is happening because they've removed some of the old stuff and they're going to put the new stuff in there eventually. I know you wanted to get to a text Hunter and we've got about, about two minutes or so. Um, you wanted to get to, to a text that someone sent in, uh, via our text line. And that texter basically asked, uh, uh from the 291 why did uh why did Nick Herbig go to Wisconsin instead of UH since he was inspired by Colt
3: Oh man <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, okay, if he's graduating right now and he would have been at Nebraska or sorry, Wisconsin, forgive me, for the last 4 seasons, he would have been here roughly the last year of Rolovich Maybe 2019, maybe 2020, depending on whenever he went in there. Looking at all that just went down at University of Hawaii, would you want to have gone to UH or would you have wanted to go to Wisconsin? If you're a top-tier talent you know, that could play at Wisconsin.
2: If you're a top-tier talent, you make a good point, what's the place that's going to get you the, 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 the quickest path to the NFL?
3: Now, I, I uh,
2: The I, most I, visible path to the NFL.
3: That's right. Where I, I think... That's a different conversation for a different time. I've always felt like if you're a player, they will find you. However, just looking at the two athletic programs and what they offered their student-athletes the last couple of years, I I played golf with a couple of the QBs from UH uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I said, hey, I tip my cap to you guys, everything you guys have had to go through these last few years. Uh, The the answer, short and simple, is because – it's a top-tier athletic program in the Big Ten, getting you ready for the NFL. And if you're at that level, it why wouldn't you go? I, why wouldn't you go? Yeah, I don't blame him at all. Yeah, I, I yeah, for sure.
2: Um, that stadium conversation is one we'll get into coming up here at the top of the next hour. We've promised it for a while. We'll get there. Uh, Sports Center, another look at traffic's on the way. This is off the bench.
1: legend lives on from the Chippewa on down the big lake they call you don't know
2: this song it's called wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald the lake it is uh, Gordon Lightfoot sung it it was, uh, it was it was written to commemorate the lives lost the in the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald back in 1975 uh, Gordon Lightfoot passed away earlier today mm-hmm. uh, just learned that during the show uh, learned that from his publicist uh, he was I think he was 80, I think he was, no, 84 Uh, folk singer uh, passing away earlier today. So I figured, you know, there's there's an excuse to get a Gordon Lightfoot tune in there somewhere here on this show. Thank you, Tanner, for helping us out with that. It is off the bench here on ESPN. Honolulu, getting you through uh, your Monday commute. Uh, This is really, for you and me, Hunter, this is our only full show. Uh, We're on, actually, no, I think we have Nope, we're we're not on full show on, on on a Thursday. Tomorrow, we're on after Nick's Heat. Wednesday, Tanner's going to be in for me because I've got UH Baseball uh, at Pepperdine. And then uh, Thursday, we're on after men's volleyball, uh, national championship semifinals. We'll see who Hawaii plays on Thursday, whether it's Ohio State or Penn State. We'll get to that uh, coming up in a little while. And then Friday, we're completely off because Hawaii Baseball takes on UC Irvine uh, to start off that three-game series. And what is now frankly uh crisis mode for UH baseball after losing 2 of 3 at UC Riverside so it feels like uh uh friday's weekend series with UC Irvine may be a uh, what what you would call a uh, uh elimination series hmm. between the two teams so we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on but uh stadium hunter oh boy uh, i i know we were kind of we were kind of leaning on it a little bit at at the end of the last hour um, there was a story earlier today in the Honolulu Star Advertiser. It actually, it was late last night, and uh, uh, thank goodness it's it's still left free uh, on on the website, so we can uh, we can talk about it. But basically, they well, first off, it seems like there's still not great communication uh, between Stadium Authority and uh, and, and state government. Secondly, it can now be said that Governor David Ige is not the only governor to halt progress of the stadium plan. Um, And thirdly, (laughs) the headline is already one that should just kind of make you mad. Um, The revamped Aloha Stadium plan. The the headline, bleachers, no shade in revamped Aloha Stadium plan. Uh, Basically, the governor is saying that if you want something more than that, that you're going to need a private developer to help pay for it. Um, Because this is what they have right now with the assessments. And and this is kind of outlined a little bit. A state assessment last year said it would cost $430 million for a new stadium with bleacher seating for 25,000 people and no roof on a quote-unquote less desirable location in Halava. I didn't know that there was something that was less desirable than another, but I guess I learned something. Um, 2021, there was a $470 million price tag for a 30,000 seat mid-range collegiate stadium with partial roof and compromised sight lines, which also doesn't sound good. Um, But they also looked at a stadium concept. Oh, listen to this one. $320 million dollars some seating, so 27500 but some of that, and it's not known how much, would be on a tiered, grassy embankment on one side of the facility. Not seats, but grass. <laughs> um, and the director of the State Department of Budget and Finance, Luis Salavaria, said in an interview last week, $400 million will not be enough to produce a stadium that is appropriate for not only UH or anchoring Things like entertainment and housing on the property that right now is basically parking. Um, before I tell you what I think needs to happen at this point, yeah. uh, because I think it's very clear um, we're we're just kind of we're kicking the can, but we're not really addressing where this needs to start. Um, can Can you imagine Hunter sitting in a facility that is what eighty eighty five percent bleachers? And fifteen to twenty percent
3: grass seeding
2: can you can you imagine that
3: Now, is is that what it explicitly said was eighty five percent of it would be grass seeding
2: well no i i'm I'm making More the assumption that you're not i mean the hypothetical I, I can't imagine it'd be fifty percent sure I'm trying to think of what it might be like behind an end zone where some of that is is grass and some yeah. of that is entryway and so so it's that's an assumption to me.
3: So despite the negative connotations of the majority of this article which were heavy <laughs> let's just oh yes let's just put it put that out there because that's absolutely the case. I have always felt that there could be creative ways for this new stadium to allow for more seating in some outside the box thinking. I've been to University of Arkansas stadium I've seen a game over there. There, um, one of the corners of their stadium is completely open to a giant grass um, grass hill that kind of goes down into the stadium where people can come and watch the game for free. It's okay. it's an incredibly unique design. However, it works with the topography of the the land where University of Arkansas sits on, okay? I don't know if that would fit with where the Halava site is right there. Are they going to create a uh, you know a, a false hill to to put people on? I, I just don't see that happening. I that was always my dream of if we put it on campus up on that grass field up there, you could create something like that uh, in terms of a, a grass um, seating area. Now, when you say 85%, I, I, I cannot foresee that. I can't foresee our season ticket holders, our Kapuna, our, um, our loyal fan base getting excited for something like that, Josh. N- not to mention all the other stuff on here that is not going to get them excited at all.
2: And and by the way, um, I'm guessing it's been a little while since you've been to Razorback Stadium.
3: It has been, yes.
2: Yeah, they actually have uh, gotten rid of that open part of the end zone now. Well, there we go. Um, Okay. Yeah, they did a um, they did a revamp in 2018 that cost 160 million (laughs) dollars. the money just blows your mind when you think of 160 million dollars for a quarter of the stadium and we're talking about 399.5 they've
3: got Tyson chicken in their backyard one. they they got all the money in the world <laughs> over there and Walmart point. yeah
2: they they re, so they reconstructed the north end zone with a game day locker room coaches game day offices a field level club three levels of suites and two levels of club seats so that's what they've done just with that new end zone I think there's like a partial
3: opening. That doesn't but sound still. like a budget option to me, Josh.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, they th- and that helped uh, increase their capacity, which is now seventy six thousand two hundred twelve. Uh, which at one point during the two thousands, it was just over fifty thousand. Um, at this point, I. This is probably far. This probably won't happen because I think there's too much pride at stake here. But at this point, what I think the state needs to do is just sell the land. Mm. Um, Sell the land and get out of the way. Find someone who has enough vision to build a stadium, operate it, maintain it, and put all the private money into, you know, making it work or try to figure out a way, and I'll I'll go back to what the athletics are going to want to do, what you were talking about, I think a week or two ago with the Titans, with their new stadium, looking for not only the, uh, you know, not only the ability to, 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 to fund it, but also get taxpayer support for it. So you've got both. But the bigger thing is, the private developer would own the land. Um, and it seems like you'd get a lot more done if the private developer owns the land, and then you figure out the taxpayer funding to kind of help go along with it, and then we cut half of this red tape. Um, it, it, it's it's embarrassing. I mean, well, before I say the embarrassing part, I mean, not like we haven't already, Yeah. Um, I appreciate that there's enough transparency that we can talk freely uh, about some of these ideas that are all less than desirable, uh, three hundred twenty million dollars for. Um, since you said it, a Walmart budget stadium.
3: Sorry, that's what the article um, calls it. It calls it an under budget option.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, we're I guess we're rolling back prices on a stadium. Yeah. Um, four hundred four hundred seventy million dollars on a thirty thousand with a partial roof and, okay. That's the other thing that's kind of embarrassing. We shouldn't be happy with building a stadium with compromised sight lines. Just, uh, I mean, if, if you're even considering that option, just please walk away from the project and don't come back. Um, stadiums get made fun of all the time. There's a, uh, I think it's CFB Campus Tour, who goes to different college campuses and you know wants to go to these different stadiums and takes pictures. And I, I think they've gone to, to Hawaii a couple times. Yeah. And every time there is a bad sight line, like, there's a ticket, and it ends up being right next to a press box where you can only see about 20 yards of the field. They take a picture of that seat, and they put it out there for everyone to see. This ticket has a compromised sight line. Don't sit here. Don't buy this ticket right next to the press box. Um, it's 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 maddening. It's, it's also a joke. And the longer that we keep these people around that continue to just roll the ball down the road without really kind of settling in to just say stop. You know, let let's let's take a breath for a second and let's consider what it is that we're not accomplishing and how silly we all sound. Why are we keeping ourselves in this position? Why are we why are we allowing ourselves to you know, make a fool of this process, make a mockery of this process by continuing to be involved. Like, at some point, Hunter, I I, I almost am thinking to myself, hey, remember that, that, I think it was a year ago, when there were rumors that the University of Hawaii would, would do like the design and manage and stuff like that, I mean, it would almost be better if the university just owned the land. Now, granted, it's still a state agency, so there's still some state involvement there, but at least it's like the university having an idea. And I don't want to put money and words in anybody's mouth, but it'd be better right now than what you currently have. Um, The way we're going, if we're going by some of these options and you're begging, you're begging someone to put private money in this to make it better, um, we're only kicking this down to 2029 and 2020, uh, 2030. And if I were a private developer and I read that Star Advertiser piece by Andrew Gomes and you know, I see, oh, okay, the state's really betting on a private developer, so this is more than just like um, I, what they call an economy class venue. If I'm a private developer, why do I want to work with these people? Why do I want to put in private money when it's still their land and it's still them calling the shots and it's still them taking their sweet time yeah. ruining the University of Hawaii football program year by year by continuing to stall and stall and stall, what what private developer is going to want to deal with that? It's kind of like the athletic director thing for UH. I feel for any athletic director who's going to step into this job that's going to have to deal with, you know, four to five more years of maybe a stadium's coming, and worrying about the future of, of a Division One program, an FBS program. Yeah, like this is baffling, Hunter. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand what the state continues to not understand. It is, and I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, and I don't want to pass this to you in a second, but it, you know, to say. Oh, this is not enough to produce a stadium that is appropriate for the University of Hawaii Division One football program. No bleep! Yeah. And if you realize that, then why aren't you doing something about it or raising your voice or stepping up to maybe realize where the problem is and move forward?
3: Mm-mm. I'm done, Hunter. I'm sorry. No, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And from a, um, in my other life, when I'm not on the radio, Josh, I'm, uh, I'm a designer. I, right. I you know, I'm constantly looking at the, the, the shape of things, mainly the shape of logos, graphic design. That line about compromised sight lines in the preliminary drawings of what this is going to be is so unacceptable for me to read, Josh. I, I don't care what the budget is. There is always a way around something like that. That sounds to me like someone is not good at their job, and is not capable of thinking imaginatively within the parameters of the budget that they are given. Um, To me, that sounds like poor design. Um, Again, I'm not looking at the blueprints right now, but as a designer, I can't help but wonder if that can be avoided.
2: I would think it would. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm being very political here. Yeah, no oh, I don't I don't think you need to be political. I I think it's if if how would I put it? Again, not being a designer. If there is a flaw in something, uh, in in anything. Designing a house, yeah. Designing a stadium, building a car, um whatever it is that costs a decent amount of money. If there is a flaw there, are you simply going to say, "Okay, we're just going to live with it." Um, if there's a flaw in building a house that could deal with the foundation of your home, you know, uh, uh you know, the the permitting folks are not, you know, if the permitting folks say, eh, should be okay, Yes, yeah. it's fine. We'll let we'll let the blueprints for this go. <laughs> Nobody would. No, you know, you're gonna build a car. And and yet something in that is going to affect the ability for the car to run decently. Or the safety it of people is going to be acceptable? rights Um.
3: Like when the Samsung <laughs> Galaxy started catching on fire, they oh, were no right. longer allowed on airplanes. Remember? Um, I. You're right. Like that goes back to design. Um. And in that case, it's a freak case. They're not safe. <laughs> um, yes. Now for. I I wanted to offer this for people wondering, you know, kind of what we're talking about. This article did serve a really good kind of summary of a timeline of what has transpired in the last four to five years um, Mm -hmm. with this stadium process. Um, So if you wanted to just freshen up on what has transpired, go pick up a copy of The Star um, because it goes through kind of the different – options and the different pitches that have been thrown out there of what the stadium could become. Again, nothing has been determined yet. I think that's still kind of our frustrating part of this is they've yet to make a decision. Um, but in some ways, at least the summary of uh, kind of a chaotic course of events these last few years has kind of been made clear.
2: Oh, no doubt. And and we'll talk about this more in a moment because uh, we're up against the clock here. We're, we're up against multiple clocks. But um – it, 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 I don't know people can say oh we care about a University of Hawaii football program and we care about this and we care about that but I, I'm waiting for the actions to match up to that and, and, and we'll talk more on that process coming up in a little bit. Traffic right here this is Off the Bench ESPN Honolulu. Coming up in 7 minutes I'm going to tell you one thing that doesn't have to be said but can be used to make, uh, make the folks around the state a little bit nervous when it comes to Aloha Stadium. It's, it's, we were just talking about this during the break. Saying something without saying something. I think there is a way to put some pressure by the university that maybe makes or breaks this process. Uh, that coming up in a little bit texter from the 497 says, just give money to UH. Expand Ching to 30000 Uh, And says something, I didn't even know. I didn't know the university used to own uh, Honolulu Stadium. I, you know, I keep hearing it, Hunter, and I've got about, like, 40 seconds here. I keep hearing it. I just don't know how feasible it is to build it up to 30000 given how tight of, of a space that is. But you're the graphic designer. I'm not. So what do, what do I know about designing and planning?
3: <laughs> yeah, man. I, Again, th- th- there's so much that's probably... Being talked about behind closed doors right now that we're just not privy to. But when they give us little, just uh, teasers and little bite sized nuggets of trash, uh, I can't help but get a little upset, Josh.
2: Yeah, no, I totally don't blame you. I, I'll, coming up, I'll tell you what I think David Lassner should and shouldn't say because I think the University of Hawaii can help in this situation. And and maybe put a little bit of pressure. That's on the way after uh, Sports Center and Traffic. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. All right, final words uh, coming up in just a little bit. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, Hunter, here's my. Here's what I'd like to see. Okay. If we want to see anything happen here with the stadium, I, I think we gotta put a little bit of pressure on and, and, and you and I doing it as much as we talk about it and, and our personalities and people in the newspaper uh, you know, writing their stories and columnists and, and whatever. It's it's clearly not doing the job. So I think I, I think the University of Hawaii needs to put a little pressure on those right now um tasked with trying to make this happen. And when I and I don't know what's being said behind the scenes. There could very well be stuff said behind the scenes, but I think there needs to be a little jabbing that's not behind the scenes. That's for everybody to see. And here's here's where I think it needs to come. I credit David Lasner and I credit David Matlin they have been I, – I, I think they have been uh, – oh, man, what's, what's the word I would use? They've been kind about this whole situation. It's not very. the word I, I want to use, but they have, they have been – oh, diplomatic is the word I was going to use. They've been very diplomatic yeah. about the situation. Not very it, vocal it either. Yes. You know, what they have said when asked about it is, you know, we're, we're committed uh, to Aloha Stadium when it's ready. Um, you know and, and, and they've said those things publicly and that's that's fine and good and and up to now I be, I have believed that those were the right things to say. It is a venue that would be bigger than what you currently have. this is still what is a temporary option um I get it but I believe that there can be a way to put a little pressure without you know, w- w- without saying anything that is negative. So, for example, if someone were to go to David Lasner and say, "David, are you still committed to Aloha Stadium? Are you still committed to the University of Hawaii playing football there in whatever the year is when the when the when the question's asked by next week? It could be 2029. I don't know. Totally. And he doesn't to me he doesn't need to say no. He doesn't need to say we're not committed, we're not going to play there anymore. But instead of being diplomatic, all he needs to say is we're taking a look at all of our options. Yep. We're 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 looking at all the plans. We're watching how this is going. We're looking at all of our options. Because up to this point, it's always been yes. It's been yes, it's been yes, it's been yes. And sometimes... And I, I think sometimes we deal with this in our own jobs sometimes. Sometimes you have to stop being a yes guy. Mm. Sometimes, by just not saying yes... You don't even need to say no. But not, But by not being so quick to say yes... You might be able to say way more. And... I really believe that that needs to be the next step. The university, even by not saying anything like the word yes, needs to be able to show at some point how vital this is, how important this is. And being too diplomatic at times doesn't really show how much this could hurt. That's what I'd like to see. And, and whoever the new athletic director is, to me, has to be in that same position where at some point you need to stop being diplomatic and you need to just needle. Just, you know, like, like sometimes how we needle each other sometimes just to get a reaction out of certain things. That's kind of how I feel with this. Just needle. Just little by little. Just poke the needle. And see Bulldog. if it matches with what you're – If it matches – what you're saying behind the scenes then it should align and it should maybe light a fire under some you know what's mm-hmm. to either make something happen or get out of the way hunter i i think i think there needs to be a little more public pressure from stakeholders but you don't have to be a jerk about it at the
3: same time Hmm. seems like there's an awful lot of inaction And it's a tricky thing, though, Josh, I will say, where you don't want to, I guess, burn bridges out here in Hawaii because it's so small. Yeah. You will run into people. Um, Yeah. However, I am not a fan of letting the potential of offending someone keep from action being done. And mm-hmm. if you are someone like David Lasner and you speak on behalf of all of University of Hawaii and right now, well, we're in the middle of an athletic director uh, transition right now. And so in some ways you also speak for the athletic program currently. Right now you Good do. Um, you got to be a little more vocal right now. You, you, you have to be a little bit more, um, hey, legislature, people that are actually, you know, in charge of making decisions for our state. This is having serious implications and it's affecting our student athletes negatively, For the, not right now, but for the next close to a decade, if we aren't able to get any action towards this right now. Now, again, maybe you don't have to come out and say all of that explicitly, but perhaps you start playing chess a little bit while these guys are overplaying tic-tac-toe and continuing getting, getting Cats games over here. I was expecting checkers, and you said tic-tac-toe. You threw me off there. Nice job. Uh, you're welcome. Um, there, there's no telling the, <laughs> you, the the zags that I'm are, prepared to make.
2: At, at, least, at least you didn't say they're playing
3: Connect Four. There we go. <laughs> um, I was trying to go to somewhere that didn't make any sense <laughs> because this doesn't make any well, sense, does, Josh. <laughs> right. The games they're playing. Um, Man, I... With each new article, PBS special, uh, government official that come out talking about they don't have a shared vision, one thing is so just stinking abundantly clear, they are out of touch with what is important, with what the people of Hawaii want, uh, with what is important to our community here, even... Listening to um, your interview with uh, with Nick Herbig, Josh, you asked him what were you know some of the most significant days of his um, his his uh, football career, and it was he cited back in two thousand seven when he, he had to have been in elementary school at that point, watching Colt Brennan and the two thousand seven uh, UH Warriors go to the Sugar Bowl, the the, the positive cultural implications that something like that has on the youth of Hawaii the the businesses of Hawaii the 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 amount of marketing and um the, the 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 positive ripples that it has not only currently but into the future I mean that guy is gonna go to the NFL potentially come back to Hawaii down the road and pour into the community with um what it gave him as well it's 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 part of what makes this place special. And when you throw out there, all that we can give is, I'm I'm quoting from the article right here, an under-budget option for $320 million, room for t- 27,500 spectators, including tiered grass seating, no roof, and all bleachers. That is not painting an optimistic view of the future for the youth of Hawaii, Josh. And I might be taking that a step too far, but... For those of us that do understand the importance of sports and the importance of sports here in a, a community like Hawaii, I don't think that's it, that, that crazy of an exaggeration, what I just said.
2: No, it's not. Um, not at all. I, I think there is one other thing, though, that I, I think if, if we want to start playing these, these diplomatic games or if we want to start you know uh, kind of piecing the words the right way, um, then I think there's one thing I'd like to see. And I don't know if it's the athletic department who would do it, or if it's U Hero. Um, you know, you, you know of U Hero. They have um, always put out things on uh, on on the tourism uh, tourism numbers, uh, the health of the economy. Uh, they've always done some fine work. Uh, Carl Bonham and that crew. You know what I'd like to see? I, I'd like to see if there is a way to put like a budget breakdown or a yeah. economic breakdown of what it, what would happen every year if the University of Hawaii continues to play in a stadium that is right now 15, next year 17, and then year after year after year continuing to 17 up until at least 2028. Um, what would be the impact of, to the athletic department um, on the best case scenario, worst case scenario? And would that impact have anything to do with the future of Division One athletics? Could it mean, if you're looking at a loss of revenue, that it could impact the ability to fund certain sports, like smaller sports? Because we know football um, has a lot to do with that. Could it be that it impacts the FBS status of, of the football program? Um, sometimes you do have to arm yourself with some um, you know, paperwork ammunition in order to make your case and whether it wakes someone up or it eventually says you need to get these people the heck out of the way um because this needs to be done differently um you know people will never truly understand an impact of what this does unless you put it in ink and you put it in front of them either privately behind closed doors or publicly to shame these people so that they see what they're doing um, sometimes you do need to have that to be
3: able to, to just kind of arm yourself with the right things. Mm-hmm. It would certainly bring clarity to what uh, th- this this situation is creating the longer we allow it to kind of fester. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of your texts on this, plus our final words. Uh, that's on the way. Athletes is on our YouTube channel and at ESPNHonolulu.com, Cole Malsoff. And uh, the first installment of that series, that's up right now. It's brought to you by uh, Central Pacific Bank. It's at ESPNHonolulu.com. We'll wrap things up coming up. It's Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Freddie Fitzsimmons is on the way in about 12 minutes. Uh, let's roll through some texts because we know the stadium situation will uh, uh, will, will definitely lead to texts. Uh, one from the 208, perhaps go fund Aloha Stadium. I think they mean go fund me uh, <laughs> for Aloha Stadium. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't. Um, text from the 343, uh, the stadium, this goes on because the people of Hawaii let it happen. If the voters just let these elected officials know that if they do not do their jobs, they are gone. Uh, we cannot build a rapid transit on Oahu. Now we are left with this really bad stadium situation. No stadium until when? Can Hawaii build or develop anything? So the voters are just getting what they got now. Nothing really. Just chaos. Uh, so sad. Mark then says come on, contact your elected officials and ask why they can approve million-dollar condos in Kaka'ako, but not what Hawaii residents want, like a credible stadium or rapid transit. It's a lot there.
5: Mm.
2: I mean, the only thing I'll say is is housing more important than a stadium? Yeah. At the um, end of the day, yes. Yes, but I don't think we should be in a position where we're one or the other. No, um, You know, why are you approving this, but you're not approving that? Why are you putting, you know, there there are priorities, and I think like we talk about many times, just because we're a sports show doesn't necessarily mean that sports is more of a priority than, than basic life. Um, but at the same time, you, you don't have to pit certain things against one another. I mean, you have multiple people in the legislature. You've got multiple people who work in a governor's office. You know, the governor's not by himself. He That's has right. a staff. He has a team.
3: Um, and everybody's you know, working. Everybody's is. getting paid,
2: right? Um, so you can do, you can walk and chew gum, and you can be able to prioritize and still do multiple things. If you could only do one thing at a time, nothing would ever get done. And uh, I, I think that's got to be made,
3: you know, abundantly clear. That, um, you know what? That's a text- good point, Josh. Go uh, it's almost like we're Allowing the price of this thing to almost take down our level of life out here. To well, football is not that great. We need a stadium. It's just, I guess, we need that that you know style of of life out here. It's bare bare bones, essential. That that's that's yeah. what we're gonna go with. At least that's the perception I'm getting.
2: Oh, no doubt. Um again it's like okay well this is what we can afford um then to me it's like well we shouldn't do it that's and that's and that's not popular either but i'd rather not do it um and and either kick it to someone else or say um uh let's let's give you an opportunity to figure out what you can do than embarrass ourselves with building something that is cookie cutter and I think that's that's where a difference lies. Um, Ron Texton, in, Sounds like the new Aloha Stadium was designed by whomever did Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium. Uh, when RWSS was first completed, I believe home plate couldn't be seen from the bleachers. You are right. Um, and then they had to kind of uh, figure things out after that. Uh, let's get a, a couple more here. Texter from the 561. Build new stadium on grass practice field. Put grass in TC Ching. Done deal. Uh yes, UH brass needs to put pressure. Well, the grass practice fields out of the question because that's where soccer and, and track, track and field's going to go. Yep. And 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 they need, I think, a facility. I think that's one thing that I'm glad that the uh, the board of regents approved yep. was giving getting soccer on campus and you know, track and field. Who I thought got somewhat of a raw deal with this whole situation, a place that they can have somewhat to their own. And and yep. I thought that was that was the right thing to do. Um, uh, three seven one. Pretty much, our senators just obliterated UHD one status as a football program.
3: Not true. Um. Not true. Not you're you're right. It's not true yet. You're you're right, Hunter. I agree. We we can't go that far just yet. The there's the, time. There's still time on the clock. Although we're getting antsy and we're getting frustrated. Ugh. We are, st- we are still one or two quality seasons away with this football program, with Timmy Chang at the helm, completely turning this thing around, packing out T.C. Ching Complex because, hey, Josh, uh, Aloha Stadium is going to be ready for the next at least four years, maybe five. Um, That's right. So uh, I guarantee we're, we're going to probably get more exemptions from the NCAA as well. I doubt they're going to strip us. Um, I I don't know that for sure, but I I just don't see that happening, and the stadium is not 100% to blame for that. So um, there there's a lot at play for what you're bringing up right there, but I I don't I don't necessarily agree that that is taking away our Division One um, kind of um, title.
2: You're right. It's not helping it though. Um, yep. But I, I, I do agree with you there. Uh, Texture from the 779, here's a no-brainer. Why not just turn the stadium into a homeless shelter when games aren't being played? Uh, that would be called a uh, stopgap solution that doesn't fix anything. Um, but I see where you're trying to go with that, but that doesn't really help uh, help either. Uh, before we get to final words, uh, breaking news here, Chris Paul's not going to return to the Suns-Nuggets game. He leaves with left groin tightness. Um uh, the Suns are uh, up 73-70, 10-12 to go fourth quarter uh, in that game. So there is uh, there there's some time left, but no Chris Paul. The Suns down in that series, uh, one game to none. All right, uh, final words. Hunter, uh, I'll start with you. I might end with you too, but I'll, I'll at least start with you. So go for it.
3: A uh, little food for thought. We never really got to go in deep, Josh, on the Lamar Jackson uh, conversation mm-hmm. of him getting his new contract. Um I believe that makes him, per year, the highest-paid player in the NFL now. Um, You are correct. And we had, which is funny, not one week after Jalen Hurts got his contract, which bumped up the QB market cap. And I can't help but wonder, who will the next QB be to kind of get that blockbuster deal to bump it up? And Tanner said exactly who I thought. I, I think Joe Burrow is the next guy. And a playoff uh, appearance or two, and we might even see Justin Herbert in that conversation as well. So I'm uh, way too early predicting that we're going to see that for Burrow or Justin Herbert next. I think Joe Burrow needs at least one more playoff appearance.
2: Okay. I, I'm with you. Um, and if that appearance gets them to the AFC Championship game, no doubt. Uh, I think you got to put him in that category. Uh, I'll wait on Herbert just because um, I, I just don't know if you'll have enough to work with with that franchise to get to the postseason mm-hmm. as often as he needs to, I think, in order to uh, to, to show his value. So I'm a, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, my final thought is uh, Lakers. I, I, I can't believe I said it earlier in the show. I am yeah. still dumbfounded that I did it, but I'm riding with it. I, I give Lakers fans a, a lot of grief. I give that team a lot of grief a lot of times. But this might be the best situation the Lakers have been in in a little while. Lakers in seven over Golden State. Mm. Stamp it. You heard it right here. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is up next.